When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Herald Weekly Plymouth Argyle podcast, Argyle Chat. My name is Jack Ball and I'll be your host this week with Stuart James jetting off on holiday. Joining me today as ever are our Argyle experts, football editor Chris Errington and sports writer Baron Cross. Good morning gents. Hello Jack. So much has happened on and off the field since we last met for the podcast. There have been wins against Torquay United in the Devon FA 11, but also narrow defeat to Cardiff City at Home Park on Friday night. Then there's the matter of the latest development plans on Home Park and the debacle that is the trip to Netherlands for the Pilgrims. So Chris, it's been quite a busy week, the busiest we've had for a while. Yeah, where to start, eh, Jack? We've had um, three games. Um, we've had plans for Home Park and higher Home Park unveiled by... James Brent, we've had Simon Hallett moving up to vice-chairman, Peter Jones and David Felwick stepping down, two new directors coming in the pipeline, probably one of them at least a, a woman, which will be a first for Argyle, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, it's been quite a week. Baron, what have you made of everything? Yeah, very busy, isn't it? We, we're, we're certainly ramping up, but ironically, sort of the last week's been, been sort of very heavy and quite intense, but based on the, uh, the postponements and cancellations we've had, the next week might all be very, very quiet. So, yeah, I mean, plenty for, um, for Argyle fans to soak up, but now we've had the sort of two, if you like, headline friendlies up to now against Torquay and Cardiff. Uh, some more sort of sound opinions can be formed on, on the players that, that Argyle have got at their disposal, and I'm sure Derek's going to going to make the best use of this week in the Netherlands and iron out a few of those issues that have popped up. That's the thing, there's still plenty they can do on the training pitch even if there are no games. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll start with our questions and the first one comes from Gary Palmer. He said, where are the goals going to come from next season? I fear unless Derek Adams finds a fox in the box, a season of struggle awaits. Lemiris, Grant, Wilde and Ainsworth are all good players but not frequent goal-getters at their previous clubs. Apart from maybe Carey, I can't see anyone in the squad reaching double figures. Neil Warnock said as much too, didn't he, Barry? Yeah, I mean... Neil was very good value as as he always is after the match on Friday night, and um, he sort of he reflected upon the match as a whole and, and what he thought the strengths and weaknesses were of each side. And he said for both teams that finding goals next season may well be the issue. And so it's like glaringly obvious when it when it's a one nil scoreline. I know it's a friendly, and I know that Derek Adams thought it was a little bit slow paced. It felt like about a testimony at times, or some which bite to the match. But I think you've got to, you've got to trust someone like Neil Warnock's opinion. I mean, he sees football very clearly. He's got a lot of experience, and he could see quite clearly that perhaps wasn't that cutting edge in and around the penalty box that Argyle might have needed. The the two chances that stand out for me a few days down the line were Nathan Blissett's point blank header. He was inside the six yard box. He could have put it either side of the goalkeeper, and it would have been a goal. And Ruben Lemiris actually did quite well to um, to pick the ball up uh, from across, I think, from Greg Wilde on the deck inside the penalty box, got away from his marker, but blazed it over the, the crossbar when a bit a bit more composure might have finished. So I mean, it, it, it's the it's sort of this summer saga, if you like, isn't it? This this elusive striker, this number nine that everybody's desperate to see, and we all hope that whoever it is may come in and, and add that goal threat. Time will tell. Uh, I'm not convinced about Jake Jervis up front. Ironically, he seems to contribute more goals-wise from uh, 
from the flanks and you know, we all know Graham Carey's quality he showed it last Tuesday night against Torquay for those that were there he completely against the run of play just pick one out of the uh, the top draw so we've still got best part of six weeks haven't we until the, the transfer window yeah. closes so plenty of time for Derek to do some wheeling and dealing but um, yeah I, I can see those fears uh, I think we've got to hope that maybe we have a, another sort of solid defensive unit uh, Ryan Edwards looked good on Friday night Sonny Bradley we know what we're going to get from him and Luke McCormick as well was more than capable of excelling in League One so perhaps next season is going to be built upon a, a solid uh, defence rather than a, an exciting goal-getting attack. It's a good point you make. Even fans should be aware that you know obviously they'll know the transfer window doesn't shut when the yeah, season starts. We've got so plenty of time. I think it's more the fact that the season's starting, isn't it? Yeah. I think the, the purists would rather have the entire squad unit done, but that's not the way transfer market works. I mean, Warnock himself said that he'd be looking out to loan a couple of players and these decisions don't get made until mid late August so we could well be waiting for that number nine and Chris Ryan Taylor's missed a fair few games now and one of the points that's been talked about over the weekend is the fact that Jake Jervis would be preferred to start the game over yep. Nathan Blissett yeah. does that give a lack of confidence Derek Adams has in Blissett do you think or, or is there nothing much to read into that? I don't think you can read too much into team selection in pre-season games um, Jake Jervis did quite well in the, the role up front against Western Supermare the previous Saturday yes. and I was curious to see how he would do against Torquay um, because when you saw him in that game at Western, you thought, well, somebody that size and with the pace, if you can, if you can get him to sort of hold up, link the play, um, that would be quite an asset to have. But I, I would agree with Baron that against Torquay and against Cardiff, it hasn't really worked. Um, and Jake's got what 27 goals for Argyle in the last two seasons, playing that wide right role, mm. and that does seem to be his best position. It looks like he could play down the middle, but I think based on what we've seen in pre-season, it emphasises. The wide role, uh, wide right role is best for him. So that really leaves with Ryan Taylor and Nathan Blissett as things stand at the moment. Taylor's missed a bit of pre-season, which is a concern because you know um, it does affect your fitness and sharpness at the start of the season. Nathan Blissett is was always going to be um, a, a prospect, a raw player to try and sharpen up. Um, he, you know, looks to me the sort of player that with 20 minutes, half an hour to go, you come on, he comes on, um, and you know perhaps when defences are, are tiring a bit and and maybe he can cause some problems with his physical prowess. So yes, I can see the fears of where the goals are going to come from. Um, Argyle arguably still looking for a first-choice central striker to play in that role. Now, strikers don't come cheap, and not many clubs are prepared to let you have decent strikers unless you pay them lots of money. And the reality of the situation is that Argyle aren't going to be throwing big money at strikers as much as we all might like to, to see them do that. I still think that the loan route is the most likely option that Argyle will explore um, and that may not be until the end of August and it might be for the first month of the season Argyle will have to mix and match and get on as best they can and uh, see who Derek Adams can come up with. Somebody will come in, maybe even more. I mean, you know... One thing I was going to um, say to you is... is, is Ryan Taylor's obviously struggled with fitness. You've got mm. Blissett as the two mm. senior strikers. There's no mm. loan market once the transfer market shuts now. Yeah. Is three strikers enough, do you think? If one gets injured and you've got two and then... Well, um, bear in mind that Argyle generally going to play one up front. I think if you had if you had a fit Ryan Taylor, a fit Nathan Blissett and one other that can play that role and then when you throw in the likes of you know, Lemire's Grant, Wilde, Ainsworth, Carey, um, you know, that probably would, would, would work, wouldn't it? He doesn't um, seem afraid of playing Kerry in attack, does he? And, no, and, and Kerry did play an attack yeah. against uh, against Torquay, and and maybe in away games this season, you know, that might be a, might be an option. You know, uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. I, I 
I, I, I share some of the concerns about where the goals are going to come from, but I still go back to when our guy had Ruben Reed and he got 20 plus goals a season, they didn't get promoted in League Two. You know, having someone that's going to get 20 goals a season isn't necessarily going to guarantee you a successful season. I think as long as Argyle can share the goals around and Carey can chip in with 10 plus, then they'll have a decent season. You know, Ramirez, Barron's right, had a good chance against Cardiff, but has scored some goals pre-season. Um, you know, Ainsworth, Wild, Grant, Carey, they should all chip in with, mm. you would like to think, yeah. this is what Derek Adams is going to be banking on. They might only chip in with six, seven goals a season, but if you can get four or five players on six or seven, um, that might be the job. Also, um, it's worth remembering as well that Argo didn't have an out-and-out scoring striker last season. Yeah, absolutely, had right, the third yeah. highest amount of goals scored in the league. So it's, it's, it's an easy style that people choose, yes. choose to ignore, don't they? Yeah. They, they, they Graham Carey, Jake Davis's goals, and that proved more than Sonny Bradley as well. You know, yeah, of course, yeah, Sonny Bradley for, completely forget about Sonny and his goal threat and all those headers that he scored. I, I think if yeah. you could find if you could find a central striker that could come in and do a decent job and say get you 10 goals then Argyle are going to do well mm. but the problem is finding someone at this sort of stage the longer it goes on the more likely it is to be a loan signing because a decent striker is not going to be let another club isn't going to let a decent striker leave two weeks a week before the mm. start of the and, season and those that still haven't pinned down a contract yet and are free agents then therefore there must be some reasons why managers aren't picking them up. So, Fitness, attitude, yeah. personality, whatever. So the longer it goes on, you're thinking that Derek Adams is going to have, have a look round. He'll have lots of um, uh, fires in the uh, irons in the fire. So at the moment, about possible ones, and at some point, I guess he will he will complete a deal. But um, it's tough though when you bring someone in to be the first choice as well, possibly. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure they necessarily come and come in as first choice. Yeah. I mean, if Ryan Taylor's fit, yes. they'll get Ryan Taylor up and running. Yeah, I'm sure. So. Um, get the, the new player in bed him in and then gradually introduce him and see what he's capable of doing um, you know we, we're not exactly sure of the fitness of Ryan Taylor although he's gone on the trip to Holland which suggests Promising. that you know that he's if he has a good solid couple of weeks now you know I'm sure he'll be leading the attack against Peterborough mm-hmm. it's whether Derek Adams can get another striker in before that Peterborough game just to boost it up a little bit uh, and give everyone that bit of belief that yeah no they are you know, at the moment, Taylor, Blissett and Fletcher as your, as your strikers is, is light, isn't it? There's, mm. there's no getting away from it. But we said before not to read too much into pre-season. You know, I got scored the goals of fun last pre-season, yes. didn't they? So, you know, you can't draw too much into that. Dave Burns has come with a question also about the Cardiff game. Mm. He said, against Cardiff, I thought we lacked creativity from the centre of the park. A McHugh O'Connor type who can break up play. What are your thoughts on that, Baron Chris? It seems to be sort of double-edged, doesn't it? So, mm. sort of lacking creativity, but then... You want somebody who can break up the play. So that's two different players. I would, I would, I would agree with the second part. I think um, of, the, of the two players we've been told Argyle would like, I personally would like to see a, a defensive midfielder, a ball winner of sorts. Carl McHugh would fit that bill. So yeah, I, I would agree with that. Somebody who can shield David Fox. I'm not too sure Sarsovic can do with that. And I think Songo may get found out at League One based on what I saw last season. Um, I wouldn't say they lack creativity. I thought Fox was actually pretty good against Cardiff. I thought much better than they were against Torquay. I thought they certainly had possibly a little bit more time on the ball, maybe a bit more composure, maybe a little bit more fired up, motivated. So I don't think creativity was a problem at all, especially when in the second half when we had Wild and Ramirez came on. And they, they really impressed me, both of those two. So I probably disagree with the, with, with the first part, but certainly I'd, I'd like to see a ball winner in there. But we've not seen Jamie Nesh yet, Chris. I mean, no. That, that's a player that we're still yet to know much about. No, and he's not gone on the trip to Holland, so he's clearly not uh, 
I think it's highly unlikely he'll be ready for the start of the season. So yeah, I, I think Argyle could do with a, with a ball winner in the midfield. Um, Creativity-wise, I think when you've got um, David Fox, Sarsovic, although maybe not both in the same starting lineup, uh, but one of those two in the team, when you've got a carry and the two wide players that Argyle are going to have, um, you know, I think there's 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 attacking width and creativity there. But I, I do agree that uh, a good strong ball winner, a 27-year-old who's played regularly one mm. football, and I haven't got a name in mind, mm. but 27, 28, been there, done it for a league one for a few years would be ideal but again as we get closer to the start of the season players like that aren't going to be readily available I keep an eye on um, uh, Lincoln City news obviously that's where I, sort of, where I grew up and Lincoln City picked up um, Michael Boswick from Peterborough United yes. who was their player of the year last year and Lincoln have always got a bit of money to throw around and went out and bought Boswick so I'm not saying Argyle could have got Boswick but that's the sort of player I'm thinking of if, if, if listeners are aware of the sort of player Boswick is you know he's a, he's a seasoned pro and, he, and he's Fiery in the middle of in the middle of the park. That's the sort of player I'm, I'm, I've got in mind. So, like Chris says, an experienced campaigner. And what have you thought of Sarsovic? He's been pushed a bit deeper on, on, the, on some games this preseason. What have you, what have you made of that? I'm not totally convinced. Um, it depends on who he plays with, I suppose. I'm, I'm not sure Sarsovic and Fox is um, a long-term answer for Argyle in the, in the sort of midfield holding role. So, um, I, I think you know when you look at Sasevic. I when he signed, I thought he could be a, another attacking midfield mm. player with a with a decent eye for goal, and he, he showed that in uh, the start of his time at Argyle. Scored a good goal against Cambridge away, I remember. Um, so we'll see. It's it's something that Derek Adams has given a, a fair bit of uh, time to in terms of Sasevic playing in that slightly deeper role. Yeah, not convinced at the moment, but you know maybe with maybe with a, a ball winner that we're talking about. Uh, somebody who can really break the play up and then give him a little bit more scope to sort of, you know, spread the ball around. He might be a, he might be an option there as well. But yeah, no, time will tell on that one. I think one player who's played a, a few games is Sangster, and Ben Harding's asking why isn't the club producing more academy prospects and relying on important players. We've talked about this quite a lot in the past, haven't we? Really. I mean, what, what's your view on that? Well, I think Jordan Bentley, um, Alex Fletcher, Callum Rose would have played more if he'd uh, if he'd not been injured. And, and Cameron Sankster. So there's four academy prospects there that have played in pre-season games. Um, we have talked about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Argyle have, have suffered from having possibly some of their best academy prospects go off to other clubs in recent years. Um, you know, Christian Walton, Jack Stevens, et al. sort of thing. Um, so Ben Purrington even, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they've produced academy prospects. Um, it's almost like we've lost that generation of McChris that would have been in the first they, team now. They, they have. That's one of the one of the one of the big problems with with administration, and uh, I, I think that they're doing okay in terms of getting players out. Unfortunately, a lot of them aren't playing for Argyle now. You have got you know, Sam Gallagher, Lloyd Jones, just, just, just in the middle of the game, the the middle of game on Friday. Mm. I mean, I know I know Sean Morrison never signed with properly mm. with Argyle, but you look at there's mm. a, a local Jana, you mm. think. I can't imagine Jack Stevens and, and, and mm. Morrison at the back together with, mm. with Lloyd James on the bench. I mean, it, it, it does make for a fascinating feature. I mean, we must write it once every six months, the Argyle team that there could, there could be now based on academy prospects. And I mean, you, you look at the likes of Tyler Harvey, River Allen, um, Aaron Bentley. Players have got into the team, but they've never been able to hold a place down now. Is that their fault? Is that Argyle's fault that they've not developed them well enough? But players of uh, Lewis Rooney's another one isn't he you know mm. players have got into the first team but they haven't been able to hold a place down so 
you know, of course you'd like to see more academy prospects, you'd like to see more lads from Plymouth, but I think Jordan Benton looks a decent prospect. Um, I think Alex Fletcher's got potential as a young yeah. goal scorer. Mm. Um, but I haven't seen, too, haven't seen too much of Callum Rose. Alex Battle's on a professional development contract. Cameron Sankster impressed people yeah. in the games he played. So there's, there's, there's prospects there, but you can look around English football, look at the highest level and all the way down. The problem, one of the big problems with English football is we've got all these great England under 17, under 18, under 19, mm. under 20 teams, but does anyone have any great confidence that those players are going to make transition from that stage to the senior level and, and you could probably say the same thing about Argyle and young players. But I've noticed a few fans comparing Argyle to Exeter in that sort of sense, obviously Ollie Watkins, but as you rightly said, it can be it's quite deceiving Baron, isn't it, when players have gone because of an administration. Yeah, you're right. I think like, like I was saying that the, sort of administration is sort of still bearing its yeah. fruits now if you like. If, so you're just sort of coming that, away from that now, aren't they? If that, that period come. never happened, then you you would have these lads in their mid twenties among the Argyle first team and based on what we've seen from them and how good they are, we could have had four, five, six of them. And go for big money as well. Some fans team. are saying, you know, why why are extra selling players for this amount and Argyle selling yeah, for this amount? But exactly. Unfortunately, most of the problems Argyle suffer at the moment goes back to administration. Yeah. Fantastic. So we've got some questions on friendlies in the Netherlands. Um, we've got quite a few similar questions. So I'll read them all and then you two can uh, pick your way through. Michael Wonderly, a regular listener, has got back in touch and said, how important is it Argyle arrange another friendly before Peterborough on the opening day? Steve Merrifield said, how serious a blow to our pre-season preparations is a cancellation of the two Dutch games. And David Marks has asked, can we have another game at home park for pre-season friendly? That's not very likely, is it? Well, yeah. I don't think... It's, Derek, it's a bizarre situation, yeah. isn't it, Chris? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Derek Adams wasn't ruling anything out. Never say never. But he was and very confident there will be a he game was, some he, he said there will be another game. Now, the two most likely... Um, options on that are a behind closed doors game in Holland against somebody mm. uh, clearly the authorities in Holland aren't going to allow a open to the public where fans can turn up game but there's you know Derek's got a lot of contacts in Holland and we'll have a lot of people out there making soundings now who's to say that they don't pick up a game at short notice against a team and they play it behind closed doors or at a training ground somewhere yeah. so there's there's every possibility of that um, they, there's no reason why they couldn't play a game at home park um, I wonder we, we talked about it after the game on Friday you know whether you could find a like the Reading under 23 game that they had a couple of years ago there might be a Premier League Championship club yeah. with an under 23 team that might be at short notice up for playing at home park and the Reading under 23 game worked pretty well I mean I was a bit sceptical before it was played but I mean it worked well it was a good run out for Argyle Argyle ended up signing, signing Craig Tanner as a result of that. Mm. So I wonder if they might be able to find a, an under-23 team that could come down and, and, and play at home park. So when do they get back from Sunday? They're back on Saturday, I believe. Saturday. So you know it might be Sunday, it might be Monday. It's not going to be perfect. You don't want to drag on too far, then, because then you get into that period of preparation for Peter. Yeah. No, and, and you know, as, as we know, and as we often say in the podcast, Derek Adams is meticulous in his planning, mm. and I think he'll want to get from Monday through. Mm. He'd want to, um, you know, try and get a, a regular, steady week like he always does. So whether they could fit something in on a Sunday. Whether if there was a possibility they might you know come back a day earlier, I don't know. I'm, I'm only speculating, mm. and they try and play again. It, it's going to it's going to be rushed if they have one, but it did seem very confident that he would get another game. Is it a blow? Yes, it is. Although you know, I'm play. I don't know. Playing FC Twenties reserves effectively at their training ground isn't exactly 
you know, a huge game as such, is it? I think the Emin game would have been a better test. Um, would it, would it, would you think it, it would hamper Derek Adams' plans to not have any more games? Will that, will that be a big hindrance, do you think? I think, or? I think you, yeah. do, you, you do need some, some match practice. I don't think you can replicate that. That's the, every, every time you speak to the players, that's what they say. Mm. You cannot replicate mm. what you're doing in a 90-minute match, especially when Derek is playing them for mm. 70, 80, 90 minutes. So I think if they, if they weren't, for whatever reason, to play a game between our people, then yeah, that would be a hindrance. So... As Chris has said, I think Derek knows that if he was absolutely desperate, he will always be able to find somebody to come and play at short notice. I think you're at the time of the year where every football team in Britain is looking for match practice, and I'm sure somebody will be willing to make up some minor changes to their schedule to accommodate a League One club. I mean, the Premier League start a week later, don't they? Mm. So you might not get the, you, well, you won't get the Premier League team, yeah, but you might get their under 23s. It might be up for a game, you know, particularly one of the teams say they're entering the, the Checker Trade Trophy mm. and. You know they can give that squad a, a run out before they enter that competition. Well, we bang on so, about getting practice against senior men's teams. Exactly. So you know, you know, Premier League under twenty threes. But I mean, I'm only speculating. I mean, yeah. but that if you're thinking how are they going to solve this problem, a behind closed doors game in Holland or a game at home park, most likely against yeah. an under twenty three team, because all the first teams will have planned their yes. planned their pre seasons accordingly already. And it's, there's definitely going to be a lot going on behind the scenes at Argyle. I'm sure they'll mm. be trying their best to sort yes. something out. Um, David Sells asks, what can the club do to stop the farcical situation with the Holland Tour not happening next season? I mean, I was at the fans forum on uh, Saturday, Saturday. Saturday afternoon and one of the people in the crowd said possibly an, an away tour to America, possibly just time of 2020 and Derek Adams likes America, etc. Mm. etc. And James Brown was certainly very open to any ideas and he's always very keen whenever I've had him speak about fans getting in touch and letting yes. them know ideas and they're happy to accommodate and see what they can do about any ideas suggested. It, well, it, it's hard to see what the club could do to stop. I mean, it, it was all planned, It was everything was agreed, it was all publicised months in advance mm. and, and these two Dutch mayors have, for whatever reason, we don't quite know the, the proper timeline, but the pieces of paper have come across their desk at very, very late notice and they've, they've cancelled both games. I mean, it's, it's so strange to see both of them cancelled. So... So close to the actual match day. So, I mean, I, I don't know what Agar could, could have done differently to stop this, this this situation happening again. Like you say, maybe they give Holland a miss for a year or two. I think that's, you know, that's got to be, if you can't go to Holland and play games like the ones they scheduled, then is there any value in going to Holland now? Yeah. Derek Adams likes the place mm. that they're staying in. He's been there with Ross County. He's been there with Argyle. It's comfortable. It's familiar. It's good facilities. So he'd be very, um, I'm sure he would want to go, but if they're going to even consider it next year, they'll have to look, sound people out and say, look, if we arrange these games, what are the chances of these games are going to be played? Yeah. I don't think there's a lot they could have done about the, the situation. And, and pre-season tours are and, and, and notorious. I mean, I look back to when I went to the ones in Austria and Sweden and things like that. You know, venues were changed at last minutes. Um, the opposition were changed. We, we went and uh, played in a place called Laufel one day, thinking we were going to play one Romanian team. And we turned up, and a completely different Romanian team turned <laughs> up. They were the same nationality, but not the team we thought we were playing. So, um, pre-season can, you know, overseas pre-season tours can be a bit fluid at times, and, and things can change. Um, but yes, this hasn't been uh, ideal. And you would imagine that they would think again about going to Holland next yeah. year. You need to be able to rely on the fixtures taking place. Absolutely and like, right. we, we all know, you've spoken many times, Chris, about how meticulous Derek Adams is mm. and how we plan everything to the last detail, yeah. so that would definitely throw me. Yeah. Yeah. Bob Wright has asked, who do you think will make the top three in League One this season? And if Argonne aren't in your top three, where will they finish? 
I say Blackburn, Rovers, Portsmouth and Charlton Athletic for the top three with Argyle finishing 10th. Chris, I know you love to do predictions. I love predictions. And I'm sure we'll be doing a piece in the paper about predictions. We did yeah, last year. You're gonna, um, somebody will twist me arm to do that. Blackburn Rovers have got to be got to be top three. If they don't finish top three, something serious has gone wrong with yeah. the signings they're making. And the money they're spending. And the, yeah, I mean... Mm, uh, championship budgets to look it, 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 Yeah, and I mean, they, they almost look to me as though they've got a better squad than they had last year. Uh, when they were in the championship, so I would definitely agree with Blackburn. He looks pretty competitive in League One from the signings that I've I've seen made. I mean, yeah. Portsmouth and Charlton, yeah, good shouts. You know, Ricky Holmes at, at Charlton is a is a player that I like, and I could see him doing well there. Not seen Pompey do much. Um, right? I can't. I can't. Uh, well, one team. Oh, one what's team. His, what's his face? Uh, Brett Pittman went. Mm. Pompey, one team he? for me. I think this made some. I think the Suns Lago really work or really nice Fleetwood. They've made mm. some, some interesting young players and they yeah. were close last year. Conor McElhaney from Ooh, uh, yes. Melbourne. Oh, I think Wigan will do well. Wigan, come yeah. Down. I, I, do like I think they'll be strong. Um, yeah, I think it will be competitive, but if Blackburn aren't in the top three, you know, they, they, they've got to be the title favourites. There's probably five, six, seven other teams that you could really uh, throw into the mix. You know, we're still two weeks away from the start of the season, so I'm a bit reticent to make too many predictions about Argyle. But you know, if they finish mid-table, I, I can't see anyone really complaining about that, can you? Yeah. Anything around mid-table, uh, to me, as we sit here now, looks good. But who's last... to say with with a, with a signing or two, you know, that might go up. With an injury or two, that might go down. You know, let's. Derek Adams is the key, isn't he? I mean, mm. he's, he's, he's done so well since he's come down, and every time there's any sort of doubts around what he's capable of, he seems to turn it around. And you know, he's, he's clearly a very, very good mm. tactician. You know, he's really made a lot of what, what he's had, as he's as he's been at pains to re- repeat to us, is that he had far from the biggest budget in League yes. Two. Look at where he finished two years in a row. Mm. So I think he will be the key. He's almost more important than any of the players to be next season. It looks like he can really get a lot out of what he has. I agree with Chris. I think Blackburn will be very, very strong. I mean, you can't ignore that. I mean, the likes of Peter Whittingham and Bradley Dack, I mean, they're very, very good operators, and Peter Whittingham can play championships still. So, yeah, Portsmouth, it all comes down to budget, doesn't it? I mean, I was sort of quietly impressed with, I was looking at Northampton's squad the other day. I mean, they mm. just brought in Aaron Pierre from Wickham. Yeah. What yeah. a sign. That's that a great sign. I mean, we did all the backstories there, but that's mm. a cracking sign. Mm. And I think, I mean, in the end, they won League Two a couple of years ago, yes. but the lowest yeah. finisher of the Premier mm. side last year. But Justin Edinburgh has made some very impressive mm. signs. Billy yeah. Waters from Cheltenham is a very, very classy operator. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be competitive, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, it's it's a, it's a very there's a lot of good signings going on. And also, the last few years, the teams that have been 12 13 haven't been a million miles off the playoffs. No, so, like in say, both League One and League playoffs are notoriously very tight in yeah. League One. And like you say, do stretch right the way down to 11th and 12th. Fantastic. Sam has said, Who will be the most influential summer signing for Argyle this season? Well, we might not have seen him yet. No, that's very that's true. Very well put, Jack. Yeah. That's very well put. Graham Carey, does he count as a summer signing? He does, really, doesn't he? Because he put pen to paper. You know, he will be uh, influential. Of the new faces, you know, I, I think Ryan Edwards has, has looked pretty decent. Um, uh, Ruben Ramirez has done well. Still would like to see him in league games and see mm. how he copes with the physicality of, of League One football. Um, but he's definitely got ability on the ball. There's, mm. there's, there's no no getting away from that. But yeah, I think Ryan Edwards looks a, a, looks a pretty steady uh, steady signing at right side centre-back. Ben, can we push you for a name? Yeah, I, th- I think in... The phrase influential, I think, in order to be influential, you've got to be playing regularly. And I think of those, we've got six or seven players that can play across the attacking midfield position, so they could be in and out. But like Chris says, I mean, Edwards, 
Edwards and Bradley could be there playing all 46 if injury permitting, suspension permitting. And I think if he does half as well as Bradley did last year, then, oh, yeah. and he, and he yeah. looks pod promising and positive in pre-season, then that could be quite formidable. And, and if he can chip in with goals as well, I mean, having those two up at set pieces, I mean, that could be very influential. And the competition as well has been created by just having yeah. these. You know, I, was like, I was actually quite happy with, with Soccer League because mm. on them yeah. on Friday. I thought Soccer League pretty steady no, in the second half. Yeah. So, I mean, that's quite promising as well to know that he's there and he's been pushed on by mm. the arrival of Edwards. I mean, they'll have to know that they have to play Absolutely well in their right, chance, yeah. they? Absolutely right, yeah. And finally, Bob has sent in a question. I've not heard anything about this. What do you make of the Sunny Bradley to Sunderland rumours? Just that, rumours? If Sunderland want to pay Argo, what, two million? <laughs> two million, Joe? Five, five, six million. Oh, Carl Walker's going for 50, I think we should at least get half. Oh, yeah, he's got, to be, uh, he's got to be a tenth for the value. Well. Um, Not heard anything that one. No. First I've heard of it, so no. probably says quite a lot. Um, no. Every player's got his price, like I say. If any club want to pay couple of million for Sonny Bradley but I'd be surprised are you surprised he's not been linked to a few clubs Sonny Bradley I mean, he's, he's, been been linked, he's been linked with clubs well but there's all kind of talk isn't yeah. it I mean, when, you, when you win the player of the year trophy mm. it's easy to, uh, yeah. to, to be linked elsewhere isn't it but I mean I, there's all kinds of theories isn't there I mean you'd be very surprised if his agent wasn't having conversations with Derek at least and saying you know look at look at how well Sonny did last year you know, he won the player of the year trophy ahead of your so-called best player Graham Carey you know surely so you should be uh, appropriately remunerated. So I mean, you don't know what goes on behind the scenes and what gets fed to uh, to media outlets. But like Chris says, I mean, it's going to take a pretty decent fee to pry Sonny Bradley away, especially at this stage of the summer. He looked pretty committed on Friday, playing with his broken nose, and then mm. when he came in to do the post-match interview, and he had blood dripping down the side of his nose, and he still turned up and did his did his bit. So. Um, yeah, a proper old school centre back. I like those ones. I know many talks, but of course, keeping Graham Carey will help the other players think. Yeah, yeah. this team is big, big, big boost. You know, Luke McCormick said that to Chris as well. That when when he walks into on, on the day he signed and you know, into the first day of pre-season training, I mean that's a big shot in the arm for those players that have committed mm. and maybe were wavering as to whether they would continue. I mean, if he's staying, then it's, it can only mean good things for, for the club. Well, that's all we have time for on this week's show. Thank you for listening, and thank you to our regulars, Chris and Baron, for joining us and talking about the week's um, events. You can follow us at the PlymouthHerald.co.uk forward slash sport throughout the week, or on Facebook at Plymouth Argyle The Herald, or of course on Twitter at HeraldPASD. Thanks very much. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.